Hi, hello, it's Virgi and y'all and we're here for our sixth episode of Be Critical in which we're going to tackle one of our favorite topics or rather favorite, the one that has been <laughs> bothering us in uh, with researches over the past year and is a bit the reason to be fair that me and Viola started this podcast in the first place mm-hmm. because we were trying to understand how companies can actually claim their sustainability performance and how the different tools that exist out there are able to actually account for sustainable practices within businesses. Mm -hmm. And so for this reason, we decided to dive into the sixth episode, dividing it in three main clusters. And as you can see, this episode for the first time ever... (laughs) Yeah, we have a different thumbnail. Um, which you can see instead of uh, the usual graphics we're using, in which we divided uh, the three clusters we're going to talk about, which are reporting frameworks, uh, eco-labels, and management systems. Yes. So this is what we're going to talk about. But why? Why? Because when we were wondering about how to evaluate sustainability performance within mm-hmm. businesses, we found ourselves like many of you or maybe some of you in the maze of different names, certifications, labels, frameworks. And so we decided that it could be a good idea to make our own in-house taxonomy (laughs) in a way and divide them into these three macro themes. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, this is a good moment to dive into the first one. Mm-hmm. which is, as you can see on the thumbnail, um, standards and frameworks. So, Bjari, I'm going to pass the ball on to you. Mm-hmm. Why don't you dive in and tell us more about what reporting standards and frameworks are mm-hmm. in terms of sustainability for businesses? Yes, so what characterizes uh, reporting standards is the fact that they are guidelines that help businesses draft their uh, CSR or sustainability report. Uh, what is also defined as non-financial report. And this is a report which some companies, we're not going to get into the details of which one, have to do uh, by law, but that many companies are doing because they know it's important to show the, their stakeholders what is their impact. So reporting standards really help a business understand on what they have to report and how. It's not really about what you should do to make your processes more sustainable. Of course, once you drafted a report, you're going to understand that because you're going to see how bad or well you're performing on certain processes. But it's really about telling you, okay, you are in the chemical industry, you need to report on waste, for example, because this is going to be one of the main aspects of your performance which are relevant when it comes to sustainability. And when we talk about the standards, uh, there are many actually, so we don't have just one set of standards, but we can say that the most used one is the Global Reporting Initiative Standard. So basically the Global Reporting Initiative is a no-profit organization which developed the standards and uh, that are available for free to any company. Um, but there are also other. Uh, we're just citing them because these are the ones which are most widely used and they're very important um, to use because the more companies use the same standard, the easier it is to compare performance. Exactly. And I think the term compare is a key term yeah. because they are standards in the sense that they want to create a way to measure and report on sustainability across different sectors, right? So they're creating a standard that could help for future. Mm-hmm. And 
So in a way, these um, these standards are a bill. Yeah, more than a bill is like how you should pay the bill, which and the bill is. I need to show you what I did and what was my impact. And this helps you do it. And it's exactly the same in accounting, you know. It's the same thing you do at the end of the year with your financial statement. Um, so yeah, this is what reporting standards are. Maybe now we can say how and why they're different from the second cluster we wanted to talk about today, which is management systems. Because they, they may look the same, because in the end, a management system, it's also manual, no? You get this uh, set of guidelines and you're like, okay, then they're the same thing. But why are they not? The main difference, I think, lies in the fact that management systems is more, it, it focuses more on the process. So how the company is able to achieve the targets that then are, exactly. are reported in the reporting standard at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And so the, they tell you, sorry, <laughs> they tell you how to implement exactly. sustainability. So what, how you can change your processes so that in the end, when you're going to have to report on them, you're going to perform hopefully better. Exactly. So the reporting standards are like the checklist at the yeah. end of the year that you have to fill in. And the management system is yeah. the guideline on how to achieve that, how to fill in fully, hopefully, yeah. the checklist. And um, so the management system you might have, you might be familiar with is the ISO 9001, mm-hmm. because in some way it's referred to as the mother of all the management systems. And what it is, basically, it's, it's a protocol. In some way, mm-hmm. it could be defined as a protocol of how a business is to be managed in order to implement sustainability. And the structure of these management systems, which is important to mention, mm-hmm. is the Plan, Do, Check, Act yeah. structure, in which, first of all, the business plans how to achieve certain sustainability goals. Mm-hmm. Then it does it, it implements them. It checks them and then it repeats it on a yearly basis, right? So something that is important also to bear in mind about management systems is that it it has a continuous improvement structure, right? So it's not end to itself like the reporting standard might be. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a checklist, it closes, it's it's done. The management system continues throughout the years uh, on long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to make an example, uh, when you're using a management system, you may be set up a new process, which can be about recycling, packaging, or now just I took a random example. Um, and then you're going to check on this and see whether this is changing something in your reports at the end of the year. And if it's not, you're going to adapt these processes and change them. So reports are really part, like th- that's why they're very important. And that's why I think we do confuse these two instruments. It's because of course, instruments may not be the right word, but like, let's call them tools, tools for sustainable practice because they are intertwined. There are synergies between the two because you usually have a management system to then improve or change your performance to then report on it. So, exactly. And so I think now we get to the last one, last cluster, last cluster which is also, <laughs> of course, like intertwined <laughs> with those um, we just talked about. Uh, which is certifications, mm, actually eco-labels. Th- that's how we define them in our thumbnail. And that's because eco-labels is, let's say, the umbrella term for uh, uh, two types of uh, labels you can have when it comes to sustainability. Because you can have self-declared claims, which are those claims made by companies uh, which try to inform the customers on uh, the sustainability performance of a product. So, for example, when we see 100% organic, 100% recycled, um, these are self-declared in the sense that they are claims which the company is making, maybe because they have internal data or 
they no don't <laughs> i mean it's just something they're saying and it's not checked by a third party of course we're not here to say it means they're false it's just that but it gives way to greenwashing it is a it can way give way to... because it's something which the business is saying but no one checked so of course we do think that there are, there are data and they don't just put a random percentage on their packaging, but you never know. So this is the main difference from instead uh, third-party certifications, which are those certifications which are uh, designed by an organization, which can be, for example, FSC, uh, Forest Stewardship Council. Council, just to give our audience a bit an idea of what we're talking about, because when you're at the supermarket, you may look at a packaging and this is what we're referring to, the, the little logo you have there with, for example, FSC is one of them. Um, and so these are certifications which are issued by one uh, organization, which is the one that basically designs it now. They say, what, wh why, what does it mean to get this certification? Which are the standards that you need to meet to have this certification? But then there is another party which are um, called uh, certifiers. Uh, there, are, there are many. We can make also here give a name just to give an example. TUV, DNV, Puro Veritas. And these are external parties. That... Yeah, it's like a third party which uh, is not, it doesn't have any legal um, link with uh, the organization which designed and set the standards for, the, for this certification and which um, reviews the performance of the um, product or of the business to see whether they can actually apply and get the certification. So basically, uh, maybe let's make a practical example, Virgi. Yeah, so I think a practical example could be super useful in this moment. Um, let's see, what could I... So the first thing that comes to mind, for, for instance, is if I'm a paper producer. Mm-hmm. And I want to ensure that the paper I'm producing is is produced mm -hmm. <laughs> by, let, let's say, for example, sustainable forest and plant um, mm -hmm. crops, right? And so I go to my suppliers and I check whether they actually comply with the Forest Stewardship Council, for example, that um, certifies that the plant, um, that the forest in specific is sustainably managed so it's not overexploited it uh, is concerning of the local stakeholders mm -hmm. of the local ecosystem and so on and so once i have approved my supplier i want also my customer to know and consumer to know that i am actually purchasing from a certified um, supplier however if i just state on my company that i am buying from fsc or from sustainable plantations, it is my word against the one of my customer. The customer has no actual way of understanding and ensuring that I am actually purchasing from a sustainable plantation, for example. And so who comes into play in this, in this loophole, let's say? Mm -hmm. This is where the third party certifiers step in. And an example of these third parties are, for instance, the DNV or TUV. Um, let, let's take TUV as an example and TUV comes to my company, looks at my documents, reviews my, my content and at that point, um, doing through auditing processes and random checks, ensures that I am actually purchasing my sustainable wood from an FSC um, certified plantation. Exactly. And this ensures that there are no conflicts within the procedure and that I can 
clearly and uh, uh, mm-hmm. transparently state that I am indeed purchasing from a sustainable plantation. Exactly. So I think that that's very useful to show how important it is not only to have a third party who checks your performance, but also the fact that this third party really doesn't have anything to do with, for example, FSC in this case, because it's UV and all these type of certifiers, they also go through a process to become such certifiers. And they're usually then also depends uh, very much on the country because there are different regulations. But in Europe, usually certifiers are uh, in turn checked by a public advisory body, which, for example, in Italian is Accredia. Uh, in Italy, in Italian, <laughs> is Accredia, uh, which cert- certifies the certifier. So it may seem very like uh, complex and very bureaucratic, but it's actually essential, mostly because when it comes to sustainability, we know that greenwashing is a problem. And these are tools which are very useful uh, to fight that. The problem is that now with these self-declared claims we were talking about before, there's confusion because, of course, as customer, you're not informed about every specific certification so you may not really grasp the difference between just a self-declared claim which says yeah we're 100 green and then a fsc label which behind which there's actually a structure, a structure that ensures and that there's no balances which are very well structured so um we know that there are certifications for products but there's also some labels that have been seen on companies for example our previous episode was on patagonia that is one of the well the first really famous and big company that decided to undergo the B Corp certification. Mm -hmm. But what is it exactly and how does it differ from the rest of certifications? Yeah, uh, like B Corp, I think, is one of the few, um, if not the only, uh, I'm not sure. I don't have like the whole panorama, can we say panorama, Mm -hmm. uh, of of certifications of the world. But um, yeah, it's very well known because what they do, they review the all performance of a business. So it's not about just the paper of your packaging, the plastic, but it's really about you as a business on all dimensions. So they have different dimensions they're evaluating, so not just environmental. Um, you are performing and whether you are in the top um, in the world. And they're usually certifying big companies. So they really want to see, uh, evaluate these companies which are having a huge impact uh, on the environment and on the planet. Um, they're called certifications, yes, but they do not work like the others we just explained because um, they do have a very tough process, the B impact assessment. So we know that I don't have the percentage at end, but like very few companies make it uh, through the assessment. Um, but the certifications is not released by um, a certifier like the one we were mentioning before so for example like two because it's not like if I'm a company I go to a consultancy I ask them can you help me with the, the impact assessment then I apply I, I can just go to two or to all these other certifiers which are in turn as we said checked by a public uh, advisory body um, but I can only receive receive it from the B-Lab What's the B-Lab? The B-Lab, of course, is a third party because it's a non-profit organization which has no, I would say, financial links for sure with uh, the B Corp. Um, but they do charge uh, a price for uh, the certification because they need people to, of course, analyze data and everything. Um, but still, they're not a certifier. Um, so in that sense, I would say that's how it differs from the other certifications. So it differs for two main reasons. The fact that they have a focus on the whole business and the fact that they 
cannot just like you cannot just go to any certifier and ask for the B Corp certification because it can only be released by the B Lab. And um, so in, in some way, the structure differs essentially because there is no external party that comes uncertified, right? Even though the B Lab I mean, there can is, be, but it's only one. Can, uh, it's only one. Uh, it can't be many. So that's already um, very different because it means it's very centralized. Uh, so for sure there is, I mean, maybe there is an, an advantage to this. Um, but also, I don't know if you have an idea if you ever saw, for example, the logo um, of Vila, but like in terms of branding, and here I'm, I'm, be- I'm merely talking about aesthetics, like I'm not, I don't know the, the legal um, documents behind it, but also in terms of, for example, um, graphics logo, they're in the same brand as B Corp. So uh, I think that's also to make sure people understand that you are getting certified by B Lab, which is, of course, about B Corp. But at the same time, if we're used to think in terms of third-party certification, having a third party, which is totally disconnected from the person, person, sorry, organization which designed the certification, it's a bit different, you know, like it, it seems very different. Um, that doesn't mean it's not uh, accurate, but uh, it's a new structure. And I don't know, do we need it? I'm like, why can't we just have the B Corp uh, certification released in the same way as all the other certifications we're seeing. Yeah, um, I mean, that's very interesting. And also, I think that it's an innovative way to kind of achieve corporate sustainability in a way. Also, because as you were you were mentioning branding, right? And I think mm-hmm. branding is a very crucial term when it comes to, for example, B Corp, because in a way, it's helping with pushing the boundary of sustainability further on and companies are starting to view sustainability as something sexy as something that has a a definite marketing advantage and this for sure in some way helps with the, the standard in the sense that accountability and companies kind of start collecting all the same data and can be compared one to the other yeah i think b corp made like it was a turning point b corp certainly like he's just convinced the big ones that it was worth it. To yeah, think and they made it. They made it trendy, it. right? They made it sexy, so all yeah. companies kind of want to be a B Corp right now. And also, I mean, it is important to mention that there are some differences, and there might be some issues with the differences between a third party certification and the non third self declared um, claim, like B Corp is, for example. However, uh, I think it is relevant to mention that our information was also redeemed redeemed from the sites and the available information on the sites so maybe there is some legal um aspects of it that we're not fully grasping however the two of us as most companies and most business uh, uh people that are interested in embarking a sustainability performance journey in a way mm-hmm. also find themselves confronted with this amount of information so it's just to disclose the fact that we have limited access to information concerning what the B, uh, B, B corporate certification process is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I think we need to see how it goes because I guess that now with all these businesses who are interested in getting it, uh, the B-Lab is going to be overwhelmed to work. So maybe we're going to see a change in that sense, no? I, I don't know, like I would be really interested... Um, to know whether at some point B Corp is going to become just like any other certification. So it's going to be able to, like any business is going to be able to 
get it get checked by a certifiers which doesn't have necessarily to be uh beat up i do know they have like a sort of uh, they have country partners which help um, businesses go through the impact assessment so I guess that's also why the B-Lab is not very overwhelmed with work because I guess these consultancies uh, do help them fill out the form, the B-Impact Assessment, so that then in the end B-Lab really just has to compare the data and release the certification. Yeah. So I guess this is how they're doing it. Um, but yeah, I think it's still food for thought, just thinking why doesn't it work with any other. And of course, if anyone in the audience knows more about the technicalities and can help us with that, it would be really good because we're trying to make a taxonomy and uh, it would be interesting to understand where we can put B Corp under because we know it's a certification, but still, let's say they don't really meet the, certifi the, the definition we learned at school on the books because we're sustainability management students and they, they do have a slightly different procedure. So we were just wondering where should we put it in our colored boxes on our notes. Yeah, and we'd be really interested to know what you think in general about how certifications and standards and frameworks are an effective tool to evaluate the sustainability performance of businesses businesses in general and if you had any confusion that we were able to clarify with this structure or if it's even more of a mess we left it with more of a mess <laughs> yeah maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're like okay useless yeah <laughs> i thought i had a clear idea and these girls managed to completely mess it up Anyways, I think this is a great moment to finish off our sixth episode. We hope you enjoyed it. See you next time. Ciao! Bye.